Happy Monday. It's a Sunday here, but happy Monday. Cracking beers on Sunday morning. Listen to a great American band. Drinking some American beer. Because today is July 4th down in the States, and I know they're going to be having a big old fucking party about that. Happy 4th of July to everyone down there. Um, wow, I celebrated more. <laughs> like more American holiday than I did Canada. It's a weird, it was a weird Canada day. I didn't really feel Canada-ish. No. I just kind of felt like having some beers and sitting by a fire, and that's what I did. What was Canada day four days ago? Uh, Thursday, Friday. Friday? Thursday. 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 There's no hockey. No. No hockey. I don't, I don't remember what I did. I, I, I had work. I'm one of the fucking poor bastards who had work on Canada Day. <laughs> I don't know, I just hung out. Yeah. Didn't do a whole lot. And today, on DVD Grooves, we're spinning a fucking amazing album. One of my fucking yeah. favorites. One of the greatest. Like, best album. Like, one of the best albums, 76, for sure. Uh, was, as far as, like, start to finish album goes, this is a start to finish album. Start to finish. Every fucking track is a fucking banger. Uh, you may have noticed that we didn't have an episode Friday. We probably didn't, but you may have. <laughs> and, uh, that's because I don't know. We don't have a very good reason. We're just chilling a lot. Busy week. Yeah, it was a busy week, you know. People, were, people were leaving. People were visiting. Uh, hockey. People were almost leaving. Yeah, almost yeah. leaving. And, you know, it's been a bit busy week, so podcast kind of slipped our minds and yeah, is the music is the music too loud right now? I don't know. Oh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we I'm just gonna turn it down a smidge. It's early. I just woke up. Well, within the. Half hour. <laughs> I've been up for a little bit. There was an F1 race today. I was good trying to watch it with you. It's just it wasn't happening. Uh, Max Verstappen won. Which is good. If you're an F1 fan, you, you should be happy about that. You asked Becky to check if I was getting up for the podcast. As she opens the door and Floyd just runs in and jumps right on <laughs> my head. He checked for you. Uh, for her, not for you. So we're spinning Bost. The debuted out Bost. Boston, not Chicago, no, not, not Kansas, not New York, is there a band named New York, New York Dolls, yeah. um, Kansas, uh, Ted Nugent, Motor City Madman, yeah, uh, Detroit, what, America, the band, yeah, uh, I can't think of any others, <clears throat> it's weird, eh, because Canada doesn't really have any bands named after cities, but America, like, the U.S. has quite a few that were named after cities. Yeah, that's true, eh? These were Aerosmiths, I guess, not their rivals, but they're from the same place. Definitely. I, I, so they're, they're probably at least a little bit of a rivalry there. You think? Between Boston I feel like bands. the music's too different. True. Like, this is like a pop rock, and first early Aerosmith albums were like a hard rock. 
This is a great album. There's a lot of fros on white guys in this album. Yeah. A couple mullets, We too. should get perms, Brad. <laughs> now, I've played a lot of these songs on Rock Band. Um, they have Peace of Mind on Rock Band. They had Rock and Roll Band on Rock Band. They also had fucking Foreplay Long Time yeah. on Rock Band. So I've jammed quite a bit of Boston. Um, Fuck yeah. It's I like, fucking miss rock band, dude. Uh, every time I see them on the marketplace or something, I'm like, fuck. I, I remember one. us playing in your bedroom. Like, <clears throat> I think it was two or three or some shit. Yeah. Like. The rock band two I had for the longest time. That's my favorite. But the three wasn't bad either. It had some Doobie Brothers, had some fucking really good tunes. But then my weave, well, then the disc got scratched. And then my guitar broke, and then the drums broke. It's hard, it's hard to get. Like I saw Did one the other day, hundred ninety bucks. What? Did yeah. you? Because I have the guitar and the drums. Yeah, and I, I have ACDC rock band that still works, and I have, uh, I think one other rock band that still works. The Beatles fucking got scratched. Uh, rock band two got fucking destroyed by Luna. My old dog, Luna. Well, she's still around. <laughs> but she is um, <laughs> I had a bunch of track packs, too. But now you can download all the songs you want anyway. Yeah. So. But yeah, I'd love to play some fucking rock band. I have an Xbox 360 somewhere at my parents with a drum and guitar. Set 2 with rock band 1 and 2. Fuck, you should bring that up here. Yeah, I should. Plug that in the living room there. Have the Xbox out there. Get hammered. Hammered, place a rock band. I don't know if I have the microphone anymore. Wow. That's just that's easy to get a microphone though. Yeah. Useless. The guitars probably the drums is the hardest part to get, but I mean I don't like the rock band one. Being a drummer, I found the rock band drums are just fucking It's weird. It's it's harder to play than real drums. <laughs> like it was it was weird, but like I don't know. Just felt I felt completely off playing Did rock band. Did you ever see the guitar hero drums? Mm -hmm. Those are cool with the symbols. Yeah. I was a pro. I'm an expert in bass and guitar, though, for sure. Like most songs. Not everyone. Like some of the fucking heavy metal songs there. Like, when I was a kid, I, there was this kid that lived in my town, Patrick. Well, I think he's older than me. Either way, it doesn't matter, but we I used to play at his house, man, and we would rock the fuck out hard. I used to do fucking whole sets there. I'd do like 14 songs and I'd pretend I'm actually doing it. Yeah. And the next thing I know, I'd be fucking... I wasn't hammered at 13 or 14, but next thing I know, I'd be like, wow. You weren't far off from six being hammered. Six songs in, I'd be ready to fucking call it a day. <laughs> there were so many times I'd create like 18, 20 song set lists and I'd never finish them. Yeah, it's more of a thrill when you get to play it live, eh? yeah. <laughs> for real. Now this is an album that if you have a collection of any sort of music, vinyl, cassettes, CD, whatever, you should at least have this album. Yeah, yeah, um, 100%. I, it's very easy to find. I always put it with my uh, Fleetwood Mac rumors. Yeah. I find they go together really yep. well. Yeah, those are <coughs> two staples in every collection that someone should have. have. Yeah. Um, I think it's because I got them the same day. And then it's like I played one, then the other. So then I always yeah. got into a vibe of if I played one, I wanted to play the other, you know. 
But it fits in so good with so many things. Oh yeah, and then uh, going back to video games, smoking is also in GTA San Andreas. So yeah. I heard that a lot too. So I mean, four out of the what six songs? There's more than six songs, but no, I know. Yeah, sorry. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Four out of the eight songs I've heard on video games. More than a feeling is just mass fucking yeah. awesomeness. Like, there's no greater feeling than start lighting up a joint to that beginning guitar. Like, doo -doo 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 -doo. like more than a feeling. Like, man, what a tune. And we have Mr. Tom Schultz. Schultz. Schultz to thank for that. Because he did a lot. Like, he, he was pretty much Boston. Yeah. He's the guitar player, right? Yeah. Here it says he did lead and rhythm guitars, acoustic guitar, special effects guitar, bass, organ, clavinet, and percussion. But, in reality, he recorded most of the f album. Yeah, before, he recorded most of yeah. it before the other guys were in the band, yeah. right? Yeah. In his basement studio. Like, he's yeah. a fucking, he's a musical genius, oh, but yeah. he's a bit of a dick. Yeah. That that seems to be a trend, you know? Yeah. The better musician you are, the more of a dick you are. Yeah, true. You mean John Lennon? Dick. <laughs> you know? Like, uh, Jim Morrison, he's a dick. Yeah. Speaking of Jim Morrison, it was this 50 years since he passed away yesterday. Yeah. He's been I dead mean, longer than he, he was alive. Yeah. I mean, I know you're not a huge fan, but he, 27 Club, he's part of it. And he actually died the same day as Brian Jones, who's also in the 27 Club. He died the same day as the guy from The Stones? Not but, sure. like, not the same year, but the okay, same day, okay. like two years apart. after, right? Eh? Yeah. Yeah. In 71, uh, Brian Jones died uh, 69. So, that's, I didn't know that until yesterday. I saw both posts, and I was like, oh, yeah, fuck. So, two musical legends died on the same day, two years apart, and both died at the age of 27. No, I'm okay. Brad, you told me one of your favorite things to do in Boston was light a joint. Yeah, that's on more than feeling. <laughs> restart the record. Restart. Um, now, Brad Delp, I gotta give this man fucking credit because he. What a beautiful voice. Fuck it, yeah. One of. It was a nice name, too, eh? I like Brad. Uh, unfortunately, he had some problems later on in life. But. <laughs> crazy good fucking singer, man. Uh, the voice is unbelievable. Like, he's he can go high. Like, it's weird because it's a it's a voice like, that like like say like me I would kill for a good voice, mm -hmm. like a great voice, you know. But he's not the first voice that comes to mind because it is a higher pitched, you know, yeah. voice. You know, yeah. I want Paul Rogers' voice. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> more fucking like like. Ra like not a raspy, like a little raspy, a little blues, raspy, just but like but powerful a man you know? voice. Yeah. Whereas this guy has a Something man with voice, a bit of zing. Like, yeah. No. This is a lot of. I don't know what. How would you determine his voice? I would zing. say <laughs> a great, a great, great voice for pop rock. You know, like. It's been such a long time. This is a great song. A lot of, it's a voice though where like like when he sings like that. It's a voice that like seems so connected with the seventies. 
I'm not saying that there's a lot of people with his voice, but there's a lot of singers in the 70s with similar voices, right? But they all have their own little style. Now, Wikipedia determines their genres as hard rock and progressive rock. Now, I do hear progressive rock elements, but I don't know about hard rock, is it? But it seems really poppy to me. It's well, because pop, pop rock is <coughs> usually more labeled like Fleetwood Mac and Elton John and stuff like that. Because it was like more the soft rock type stuff. But this is like every song's about a girl, almost. Yeah, true. But it's also the music, like loud guitars, loud drums, right? loud yeah. singing. So I, I don't know if it, I, I don't know if I'd classify it as hard rock necessarily, but I don't know if it's necessarily just pop rock. Well, I wouldn't say it's just pop rock. I mean, but it's. I, I, it's, it's pop rock to me. Okay. No, that's fine. I don't even. I don't care. It's good as fuck. Yeah. But, uh... Now, the only one who's still around is Tom. Um, Brad, unfortunately, came to. He, he uh, succumbed to his demons and uh, ended yeah, his life. That's sad. That's sad. Yeah. He, I don't know why. Uh, he had a lot of depression problems, apparently, in uh, his throughout his life. And he still had a lot of issues with Tom. Yeah. With severe issues that, like, he could not let go of, like... Barry, Barry, uh, Goudreau is still around. He's just not playing in the band anymore. Um... Schultz, Schultz, Schultz... He, he was a real musical snob, because, like, Barry Goudreau, he, he, he proposed a lot of tunes for, uh... The albums and Souls was never like no. He's like no. He just said no all the time to everything they. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that. I've done a bit of reading on him, and he, he really did come off as a dick. But he also like Boston was his vision before he put faces to it. Yeah. And like, you know, knowing all these facts that Souls still a bit of a dick doesn't change my opinion on the music. Though. Yeah. Like. Fuck, what a... There's not a whole lot that'll change my opinion on someone's music no. as to what they've done as humans. Yeah. Um, the drummer, Sib Hashian, he passed away in 2017, but he was still part of Boston at that time. Um, but he passed away, unfortunately. Not not suicide or anything, but Talk just natural causes. <laughs> Imagine. And then, Fran Sheehan... He was a bass guitar player, uh, still alive, and he still plays with Boston. Well, does he? I don't know. No, he doesn't. He used to. Probably another case of Tom didn't want him. <laughs> <laughs> now, you, your old man seen him, right? Yes, he did. Like, and you know a bit about his experience on yeah, the show. Yeah. Um, he he went and saw them in Montre uh, Toronto, actually. Toronto? Yeah, oh, yeah. it wasn't Montreal. It was Toronto, uh, fuck, I don't know, the big, the, the arena over there. Uh, not, yeah. not, uh... Not the Air Canada, right? Uh, Maple Leaf Gardens. Maple Leaf Gardens, yeah. So he went and saw them there in uh, the 70s. Sammy Hagar opened up for him. For Boston. Alone? 
Yeah, well, Sammy Hagar and the Whereabouts, or the, his band there. Okay, he wasn't with, uh, he wasn't with Montrose anymore at that time? No? Okay. No. It was uh, Sammy Hagar doing his solo thing, and, uh, Sammy Hagar is great. Yeah. My you know, dad, sorry, what? The fact that like, he gets shit on a lot because of his time with Van Halen, but, like, he was... He did them a solid by joining Van Halen. Yeah. Because they lost a, a singer with a lot of hype and they got a singer with a lot of hype. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Maybe Van definitely. Hagar didn't get the same uh, reaction or the fans didn't get exactly what they were hoping for, but those are good albums. Yeah. Man. Oh, yeah. No, I haven't listened to all of them, but I've listened to a couple there and what I've heard, it's good. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, no, my dad saw him open for Boston. Both shows were great, he said. Like, Boston was obviously excellent. But he, what, the, he had one story that stood out, and it's um, he saw them. Uh, but his seats were so shitty beforehand, like the seats he was sitting in originally, that he, there, him and his buddy or whoever he was with, uh, he might have been with actually Dylan's dad. I don't know. He went to Toronto a couple times with Dylan's dad. Like uh, the other okay. Poscatter. 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 Jesus. Poscastier. Fuck. Poscastier. I don't know if it was with him, but he has gone to Toronto a couple of times with him, so who knows. But he, uh, he the sheet, the seats were so shitty that um, he they ended up going behind the stage because the stage was open. They didn't have a backdrop or anything, so they just went behind the stage and sat back there. And the band actually turned around for one whole song and played a song facing that way because I guess there was a couple other... Like a bunch of other people who were sitting there as well. That's how I was busy. Pearl Jam was yeah. behind the stage. So but they were doing that before they it was even a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess security wasn't that fucking strict because you could walk right behind the stage and go sit there, no problem. So that's pretty cool. Uh, One thing I've learned about experience. concerts is if you act like you're supposed to be exactly where you are, yeah, no one fucks with you. No, true. Like I remember trying to meet Alice, and like other people being told to like leave but I was just standing there I had my long hair I had an old dirty dirt shirt on <laughs> and uh, and I just like I wasn't associating with any of the crowd no. like I had my back to everyone and I just stood there like I was supposed to be there and I stood there for hours probably looked like security probably just you know there. like Alice security or big something big guy big you know? guy <laughs> I had my long hair fucking... don't fuck with me man and uh you know I don't know. If you act like you're supposed to be there. Yeah, I mean, that's what they could have been doing. Or they just were high on drugs and security sucked. (laughs) I don't know what the exact details were. But, hey, my dad saw fucking Boston. Sammy Hagar, he saw a lot of cool acts. I'll get get more info on other acts when we spin them because he has quite a few concert stories. That's one thing I would have loved to have been alive for the 70s and 80s for. Just the shows? Just the shows, How cheap they were, Ah. too. Like, you he's, know? like, fuck. He saw uh, Queen, for fuck's sakes. Yeah. But yeah, he had early long hair. Queen. Early <laughs> like, Queen. And that was probably for what? Did he see Kiss bucks. twice or yeah, something? Yeah, he saw Kiss twice. He saw Aerosmith. In the 70s, like, Kiss, like, I, I would want to see Kiss in any era at any time, but your dad's seen them in the era yeah. twice. Yeah. Because 70s. everyone knows that Kiss had a time without makeup. Mm-hmm. In fact, they had the makeup off Longer than they had it on, yeah. for originally, yeah. and then they put it back on. But like your dad, like 
Our parents got to see a lot of cool acts at a lot of cool times, mm-hmm. man. Like you saw Aerosmith, Thin Lizzy, like fuck, I could keep millions yeah. others. My parents went to fucking Floyd together. Yeah, my mom saw Floyd. Like my Steve mom went and seen Chicago, oh. in Toronto, at Maple Leaf Gardens. Fuck yeah. When she was leaving, she was with like three or no, she was with two of her girlfriends. And uh, one of them had to leave. She was sick or something. They're leaving. And a fucking guy in a wheelchair, like, jumped out of his wheelchair onto my mom and attacked her. And started beating the shit out of my mom. What the fuck? Yeah. And then, like, these two guys across the street, like, ran over and, like, put him in his chair and got, like, walked her to the hotel she was staying at. What the fuck? Why the hell would the wheelchair dude do anything? Like, it's not like you can fucking do anything. My mom thinks, like, because she said, like, we wa- they walked out of Chicago and they were, like, fucking freaking because they just seen Chicago, right? Yeah. And they were, like, laughing, walking down the street. They're not from Toronto. They're just visiting. And maybe, like, he might have been on drugs, but he might have, like, rolled by three young girls that were laughing and thought maybe they're laughing at me. Oh, true. I don't know. But... True, yeah. When I was out with Terry Cass or... No, dude. Okay. Terry Cat died in, like, 71, 72. No, he died in 76. Really? Yeah. Well, either way, my mom was only, like, 15 and 76, oh, so... True, so it was probably, yeah. No, my really? mom's seen him in, in the 80s. 80s. Or, oh, okay, okay, yeah. Unfortunately. We'll do some Chicago sometime. Cause We've almost done Chicago. it before, but yeah. it's, it's always... Uh, oh, the second one, I think, for sure. And it's funny because, you know, we did... Oh, little phone call. <laughs> you know, for for a fucking rock rock guy like that's the that's a ringtone I wouldn't expect. You know, it's a little bitch ringtone, eh? Yeah. I know. I'm disgusted with myself. But, I mean, I have the Eagles already gone. Like, that's a pretty good tune, and that. But now that I hear the song, every like when I hear the song normally, I'm like, ah, oh, someone's calling me. So it's kind of a bad thing. I used to have. Uh, it was a. Method Man, Red Man, Remix, the Cisco Kid. Okay. Like, uh, it's a, I think a it's war a couple, war yeah. sample there. Jesus Christ, they had to leave voicemail. Oh. The Cisco Kid, what a friend. But, like, it would start off with them all smoking. It was like, <laughs> but everyone would be like, is your phone a kettle? <laughs> like, is it a kettle? So I was like, fuck that, I ain't using tubes. Yeah. When, when my dad got his first uh, cell phone, well, not his first one, but his first one in a long time, and he wanted a ringtone on it, I put on uh, Super Hot by Sabbath. Oh, okay. And that was that's cool. Good fuck, yeah, that's a good fucking So I'm, I don't know, I might put Super Nut. He doesn't have a phone anymore, so I wouldn't feel like I'm stealing. No, true, true. Well, we've come to another side. Uh, the, uh, the end of another side. Um, so we're going to do a flip, and we're going to get right back to the Boston. Are you guys ready for a jingle? Jingle time. Jingle these nuts.
is ends meat? Like the ass? No. Ends I think it's meat? Like, make ends meat? Like you're trying to make as much money to Yeah, survive. no, I know, but which meat is at the end? Like, what's ends meat? You know, is it chicken, pork, salami? Bologna. Bologna? Come on. Schneider's bologna is good as fuck. I fucking eat that shit right out of the package. Yeah, well, I would eat bologna anyways. When I was a little kid, I would sneak down into my parents' uh, kitchen. Yeah. Well, it's the kitchen in the house, but they all did. <laughs> sneak down to my parents' kitchen. I didn't, I didn't live in the kitchen. <laughs> and uh, it'd be like the middle of the night, everyone would be in bed. You ever do that? Creep to the kitchen, to the fridge when you're a little kid, try to sneak out a little snack. Yeah. You know what I mean? I used to get like a hot dog and then uh, like a raw hot <laughs> yeah, dog. Raw hot and then uh, I'd grab a little craft single slice. I'd wrap it around the hot dog. And then I'd get a piece of bologna and I'd wrap it around the fucking cheese. I'd wrap it around the there hot dog. And I'd fucking eat it. That's like a pork sandwich. And I called it the fucking. Called it tonight? Wrapped cheese willy. Wrapped <laughs> cheese willy. Bologna wrapped cheese willy. Bologna. But they were fucking good. Yeah. But the only problem is, is I'd fucking pound one of those back down my throat, and then I'd crave another one. Yeah. By the time I do that, more. one of my parents would come out and be like, "What the fuck you doing there, jamming bologna and hot dogs and cheese in your gut at 2 a.m.?" Sounds like a fucking trailer park boys episode. Isn't it? I mean, no one wants to admit they ate a whole pack of bologna with hot dogs and cheese <laughs> wrapped on it. I find love the one when they say goodnight to the bad guys there. That special they do. And Bubbles is making sandwiches at the dance there, and Phil's Bubbles is like, "Here's the fucking bologna, here's the mustard, here's the bread, and fuck off." <laughs> Does he? He's like, what about the bologna must- sandwiches, Bubbles? <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace, Phil Collins. Yeah, Philadelphia Collins. Philadelphia Collins. <laughs> I love the episode where they they fucking say like his name, his son's all like. The son of Philadelphia Collins. Like, Philadelphia? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, Philadelphia. Phil for short. <laughs> that show is so fucking good, man. Um, uh, we just got to season seven. Like, well, you started Patrick watching Swayze. it. Well, I've already watched the whole yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you started re-watching yeah. it with uh, Angel. And then I was watching it, and Becky wanted to watch it with me, but she'd go to bed. I don't go to bed. No. <laughs> I stay up all night, and then sleep all day and I fucking I'm on season 12 and she's mad that I didn't wait for her but if I waited for her we wouldn't even be <laughs> past you guys yet what's your favorite song on this album uh, I don't know They're it's hard eh how is like let me take you home tonight the last hitch two? a ride's really good uh, um, smoking smoking this one I like Peace I like this mind. one because it's a great driving tune in real life and in video games. Poor play driving on GTA San Andreas down the fucking Las Venturas Highway. Uh, sun's going down. Got this blasting on the radio on KDST the dust. Man, it's a good fucking time. If you're blasting this on a CD you bought for five dollars at Walmart in your Pontiac G6, that's sounds like a fucking train going through town because it's really, really loud. Still a good fucking time. What is Dix's Tom Schultz? What? Is that Tom? Uh, Tom's this fucker. That tall lanky motherfucker? Tall lanky. Tall lanky. 
The band has sold more than 75 million records worldwide, including 31 million albums in the U.S. alone. 17 of which were this album. Yeah. So they sold 17 million of this album alone. 7 million was the second album, Don't Look Back, which is also a very good fucking album. Yeah. And then Third Stage. Yeah. I don't, I don't, Third Stage I, has Amanda, right? Yeah, that's a pretty big song as well. Uh, although the band has released six studio albums over a career spanning over 46 years. Uh, sorry, not although. Altogether. <laughs> altogether, the band has released six studio albums. It's only six studio albums, and they've sold 70 million copies. Yeah. It's weird. Because, um, I mean, I know that your dad had a, a really good experience uh, seeing them. But I've also heard that there was a few rough times along the way too yeah. because like like this album really is a masterpiece when you listen to it in its entirety you know what I mean yeah. and they had a in some cases a hard time performing it in its entirety the way it should be heard live well I've I've watched uh, a couple performances on YouTube uh, New York Giants Stadium in the 70s and it's not like the best performance it's a good performance and they put on a good show but, like, Brad Delp, he sings so goddamn high on the record, it's hard for him yeah, to yeah. reproduce that night over night. Yeah, exactly. Know, so. And I, I think that has a lot to do, well, that and Tom Schultz being a fucking dick. Yeah. That, uh, that, that made them not put out that many albums, you yeah. know what I mean? But, um, I mean, they probably, like, it's... There's a lot of bands, like Rolling Stones probably had some pretty rough sound in some uh, shows sometimes. I know the Doors have, that's for sure. Um, I was watching a fucking Doors show yesterday, because uh, it was his 50th anniversary of his death, so I was just watching it, because I've never really watched a full Doors show, and I'm like, fuck, this guy's fucked. They only played in Montreal once. Yep, and my uncle was September there. 14th, 1969. Yeah, and he, he played uh, what you saw my dad's comment there. He, yeah. he only played a bit, and then he fell through the drum set and had to fix it all up. And you know what? Watching the performance last night I did uh, on YouTube from like 69, 70 as well. Yeah, he definitely. Yeah, I saw that. He definitely. Uh, like he definitely was fucked. Like you could see, he just look walks around and he's fucked. But then he's so fucking like prolific as a fucking singer like he's just like yell lets out these howls and fucking it, it works it's not he's not the best singer in the world obviously he's not like brad delp or robert plant or something like that but he did what he had to do but he's a little overrated i do agree with that but yeah well i mean clearly it's not bad my opinion is is biased because that's how i was raised and I just have, and I know that, and I can admit it. Yeah. I just still don't want to give it another chance. <laughs> and we'll have to do that. We'll have to spin at least one Doors album. Oh, well, I'm definitely down to spin the Doors. Definitely. Because they're live show. Like, I, I think you should watch a live show. Because, like, it, it, like, the albums are good, but you don't get Jim Morrison. Like, I, I can see why people say he's an amazing singer. Uh, not necessary, but like I can see why people are praise him so highly because his live show is really fucking crazy. Yeah. He was dancing all around. He's very like dramatic and emotional with the songs. Like it, 
there's a different vibe than the albums where it's just kind of like a monotone, deep voice, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll watch that sometime. So the band name in 1973. So this album came out in 76. So this is before, but he formed a band with Goudreau and Mazdia. I don't know if Mazdia is on here. No, okay. So it was, it was another person. Um, and the band was named Mother's Milk. Really? Yeah. After Floyd? Yeah. Well, that's a, yeah, the song Floyd song, right? Mother's Milk. And then also... The album. Uh, no, Adam Hart Mother. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah Mother's Milk appears on it. Right? Uh, no, Mother's Milk, I think, is a part of the 23 minute Adam Hart Mother. I don't know. I don't know. It's like a section know. there. Prog Rock's all fucking. Um, it's also Chili Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's also Chili Peppers. Uh, but that group disbanded in 1994. I was just picturing the cow on Floyd's arm like milk. Milk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that guitar. Yeah. So 1974, they were, uh, so yeah, that group didn't last long though, it <laughs> disbanded in 74. So you gotta think, is it is it Shoals that had the most problems? Like, because if that band didn't last together, and then Boston didn't really last together. But I do know that with Boston, the thing was, this album exploded, right? So they were expected to have a follow-up album just yeah. as good. Obviously, uh, don't look back. Commercially not as great, fucking great tunes. Uh, the third one as well, obviously way less commercially successful because, you know. But the, the band, the label, I read this summer. The label wanted them to produce albums very quick. Yeah. But the way Schultz did, did his writing and shit like that, it took time. He wrote all the songs in '74, and this came out in '76, and they recorded it in '75. So it was like two years before the final product. Whereas now they wanted they wanted another album, ASAP. Shoals, I it doesn't heard, work like that. No, I heard Shoals wasn't really happy with Don't Look Back. Like, no, I, I don't know if that's hundred percent true. But it's a good album I, though. Yeah, but I, I mean, mean, like I don't find anything they did after this is as good as this though. No, I don't think anyone thinks that. But exactly because like he took the time to write these songs to make it perfect, and their le record label was like, no, we got it quick you need another because people are going to stop listening to you and you're not going to go anywhere you know yeah like it's not true not, not the case necessarily but um oh i love this song too the do 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 yeah so the original fucking contract was to put out 10 albums over the next six years Oof. 10 albums over the next six years Fuck, dude, that's at least two albums in 75, 76, or 77, two albums in 78, and then uh, 79, 80, 81, 82, to get to 10 records in six yeah. years. Like, that's crazy. No wonder fucking... And they only have six albums. Yeah, like, they didn't even make it there because the band just fell apart, like... Yeah, like, no surprise, though, I mean, I've had... You can't push creativity, no. you know. 
Bam, 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 bam. It counts as it comes, and you just have to accept it and take it when you get it, you know. Um. Yeah, Shoals completed the second Boston album two years after the release. At this time, this was considered a long gap between albums, but Shoals still considered Don't Look Back to be a rush job and was unhappy with the album's second side in particular. Overall, Don't Look Back sold half as well as the debut album. Um. And then he renovated his studio, which further delayed his process into the third album. Uh, and the third album came out, fuck, I don't even know. 82? 82. I don't know, I'm not oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I don't know. Um, I think so. I'm gonna check that. Because look, like, yeah. Oh god, 86 guy. Whoa. So 70, 76, 78, 86, 94, 2002, and 2013. And they all have Brad Delp, except the last one. Uh. No, yeah, he's not on it. Because Brad Delp passed. But you know what's cool? One thing with Boston that's always been cool is the, the artwork covers. They're always got a cool fucking cover. And it always has something to do with the spaceship. I don't know why. But one of, like, I guess it's a theme. Yeah. I don't know. I like the cover. The cover's iconic. I got that, I got that. The city of Boston inside a clear dome with the city's name emblazed, emblazoned across the front. Uh, so that's basically what it, and all the albums follow that too. Like, uh, you don't look back as a guitar-shaped UFO spaceship thing that has a Boston in the yeah. dome as well. Yeah, yeah well, too, is another one that does the spaceship a lot. Mm -hmm. The Boston ship is headed towards a large flat. That's for the third walk-on. Now I've never really listened to. Ah, great tune. It's probably my favorite on the album. I'm a softie for a soft soon, 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 soon. Arena rock. That's what it is. I think that I consider this more arena rock than anything. Me, it's the like pop rock. Yeah. Yeah. Because this, these, this filled arenas for sure. Yeah, for sure. But a lot of it also filled the, the radio. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, reading the description from uh, Wikipedia. As hard rock bands, uh, there's a bit like arena rock was hard rock bands that played a softer yet strident kind of pop rock. Became increasingly popular. So, so it's like pop rock and hard rock had a kid and that's yeah. Boston? Pretty much. It's like the uh, highly produced music included both upbeat, dramatic songs and slower power ballads featuring strong emphasis on melody and frequent frequently employs anthemic choruses. <laughs> More than a feeling, peace of mind, rock and roll band, very anthemic choruses. 
Well, the problem with Boston is just the singing is so high. Like, this yeah, one's a little Yeah, but could do that. Yeah. I but, I mean, um, you guys could do anyone. Just make it your own, you know? Yeah. Like, you yeah. could sing it at his... His voice is so good that he could sing it however he wants to sing it. And then, sure, nine times out of ten, you're going to get a decent result, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm so hungry. <laughs> well, yeah, it's 12.30, it's lunchtime, plus lunch you just smoked a little marijuana cigarette earlier, so you're probably marijuana getting the Um, Delp actually uh, considers, since we did the Beatles earlier, he considers that one of his b biggest influences. The Beatles? So another one, another artist who, you know, says they're influenced extremely by the Beatles. I think that even if, like, if you're a musician, even if you're not inspired by the Beatles, if someone asks you if you are, just say you are. You know, it's yeah. the move. It's the move. So Boston is currently still touring. Uh, not currently, but I mean, they're okay. still doing as much as possible. Delp does appear on the, the last, last album. One? Oh, okay. With another guy, yeah, he probably has a couple, uh, couple tunes maybe or something. Yeah. Um. So, sorry, you continue something? No, but I, because I know that there, there's only like uh, four or five songs on that album because he died yeah, before two thousand seven. So yeah, it's yeah. Like so those were like unreleased. But as you know, it's like you were saying earlier, like. It takes Tom Schultz a long time to write something that he feels comfortable yeah, putting out. Exactly. So, let me take it home tonight. And this is a prime example of not of you can't rush creativity, like you said earlier. It's like you know, you saw it. like you, just two years difference. He still said that was not like that was, but two years in '76. 78 was massive in music at that time. Like, you took a two-year gap, now it's pretty frequent. You see artists take a couple of years before they release uh, Yeah, well, not thing. just that. You, you see a lot of times, too, uh, sometimes people, like musicians, will make the mistake of doing something that's really big and then feeling they have to do that again right away. Yeah. And But that time already passed. You know? Not... Here's a an example not of a, a musician but a producer, Bob Ezrin, right? Does the Wall with Pink Floyd? Yeah, it's a huge album, right? It's a concept album, and it's uh, it's an album that is legendary status yeah. to this day. That album is big in any generation when it comes out, right? Mm -hmm. And then he goes back to Kiss. To produce their album and he produced destroyer which was one of kiss's biggest albums if not the biggest right yeah well he goes to kiss and he wants to do another concept album because well i just did a concept album and it's huge yeah i think it'll be bigger and, i mean there's also drugs involved in especially that, when but, you're uh, the hottest band in the world you know yeah and huge and, at that time and man. bob ezrin fresh off of the wall and all the alice cooper stuff like like they're both coming off wins yeah, you know yeah. and uh you know and it's it's like 
not not even rushing creativity at that point, but like recycling it and doing it again yeah. and again. And you can't like for Kiss a concept album isn't necessarily the best idea. For no. Floyd, it makes sense. Yeah, because you know that's what they've been doing. That's what they you know? do. It's not like oh, we're just gonna make a random concept album like Kiss, and then sure enough. Kiss is successful. never going to have a Pink Floyd album, and Pink Floyd is never going to have a Kiss album. Exactly. And that's what makes all these bands so uniquely different. You can't be fucking pushing them to, you know, pump out the same music because, well, like, pump out new music all the time because it's going to eventually yeah. sound the same or recycled or, you know, use new things. That being said, the problem with staying away as long as Boston did is they faded away. Yeah. Especially from 1978 you know, most to people, 1986. For most people, if they have the first album, they don't really care about the rest. Yeah. Maybe you have the greatest hits in your car because it's got a, what, Amanda and Don't Look Back on yeah. it, you know? I mean, I have the fucking great, like, I, this is kind of a greatest hit yeah. just because it's, you know, yeah, one of the biggest ones. 100%. Um, I just wanted to do a couple charts, is that all right? We, we have a couple minutes. It's a short album, so we'll lengthen it a little bit for you on this Monday morning. Or, sorry, Monday evening. Or, or Tuesday Sunday morning. Sunday. Or whenever the hell you want. That'll come to you later. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, okay, okay. So, Schultz felt pessimistic about the success until the album sold 200,000 copies. And all of a sudden, I realized I was in the music business, he said. I got word on sales figures where, uh, what the sales figures were while I was still at Polaroid full-time. So I guess that's where he was working, whatever the fuck. Uh, and he wasn't easy, and he, he didn't stay there anymore. Um, so the album was certified gold two months after its release and sold another 500,000 copies within 30 days, going platinum for the first time in November 1976. Now, this album came out August 25th, 1976. So, August, September, October, November. Three months, and it's already hit platinum fucking sales. Really good. <laughs> By 1977 of January, the debut disc sold 2 million copies, making it one of the fastest-selling debut albums in rock history. Uh, More Than a Feeling became a hit single on both AM Top 40 radio stations with its second verse deleted for time constraints. Wow. Fucking AM. Uh, and then FM for their second verse was left intact. Uh, yeah. Uh, the first week the album came out, it did better than I expected, he said. Uh, Boston and another new band, Wild Cherry, were among Wild Epic's Cherry. biggest success stories of 1976. The album was afforded several accolades, including a Grammy Award for a Grammy Award nomination, sorry, for Best New Artist. And Boston sold 6 million albums, 8 tracks, and cassettes by December 1977. 6 million. So that's a year. Like, almost a full year. Yeah. Uh, and they've sold 8 million. <laughs> 8 million. That's insane. For massive popularity, Boston was considered to rival established artists such as Peter Frampton, Fleetwood Mac, and Stevie Wonder. Um, by 1986, the album had certified over 9 million in sales, and by 2003, the album was certified for the sales of 17 million. Worldwide, the album has sold 20 million copies, 
The album is the second best selling album of all time in the United States after Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction. So second. So this is the second. Second best selling debut album? Uh, Second, uh, sorry. Best selling debut album of all time in the US. So first is Guns N' Roses. This is second. So that's pretty fucking crazy. Second greatest selling album of all time. And it is joint eighth position for the best selling album in US history. Boston, along with bands, uh, Boston, along with the band's 1978 follow-up, Don't Look Back, was remastered. I don't give a fucking news. Reception. All Music gave it four and a half stars out of five. Encyclopedia Music gave it four, and Pop Matters gave it nine out of ten. <sighs> so fucking massive. They did a lot of fucking <laughs> touring. That was a lot of, uh, get that out there. You needed a deep breath, eh? Yeah, it was, took a moment there. A lot of fucking sales. Um, I just wanted to look at chart positions because obviously we know the fucking chart positions are going to be fucking great anyways. But, I mean, it's fair to say this is one of... This album goes down in the history of rock and roll as one of the best. Yeah. Like, it's a legacy album. Like, anyone who listens to it's music... It's sad that the, the lineup only did the first two albums together. Yeah. And but, then from the, the third one, the only one other than Dope... And Schultz that are on it is Sid. Yeah. He plays drums on it, but then after that... Sid plays a little bit throughout, but he leaves, I think, and then he comes back. But he doesn't come back for albums, I don't believe. Oh, no, okay. Because I know the last couple tours he was on, he did a couple... uh, He did the shows with them, I think. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that must be, you know, Schultz probably just switching up. Because I guess the name Boston... Like, it's all his. It's all yeah. his music. It's all everything he wrote. And he, like, that's why, uh, what's his name, fucking left. Well, a couple of them probably left because of that, but, you know, the ba- other band members were like, hey, we're a band. Let's, uh, you know, as a band, you're supposed to work together and create songs together. Yeah. Supposed well, to. Well, not all the time. Gary Feel, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but it's yeah. P I H L. He's been with them since 85, so he's right, so he, like, he replaced, uh, um, I guess, Goudreau or whatever his name yeah. is. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's, you know, that, that just goes to show you, like, fuck, you can't be a dick in a band and take all the credit, because, you know, what happens is either your band breaks up, you lose members, and you continue on, and you're not as successful, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know, maybe the... Like obviously the live show was an important part of uh, the day back and like of show business at the time, but like he recorded the whole fucking album by himself pretty much. Yeah. Like Brad Delp, obviously without Brad Delp, I don't think the songs would be as iconic for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, they were, I mean the songs sound great, the music's wonderful, but the voice that is over it. Yeah. It. it it matters. Yeah, for know? sure. And, you know, like, you can't kick out all your... And I, Brad Delp did stay with him for most of, uh, most of the other For albums. all of it. Yeah. Because he probably realized, this is what Boston sounds like. Brad Delp and me on guitar and everything else. Yeah. <laughs> well, he left in 89 and came back in 94. Okay. No, 94 was the release of uh, the other yeah, album. Yeah. Yeah. Took a little break. Uh, to just wrap it up, I'm going to do the weekly charts for 1976 to 77. Kanda, number seven, reached number seven. That was the highest it went up. Uh, these are the peak positions. German album charts went to number four, popular in Germany. 
U.S. Billboard, number three, very popular in the U.S. U.K., 11. Sweden, 26. New Zealand, 16. And Netherlands, 11. And the singles, more than a feeling, on this is the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, went up to number five, Long Time, which is foreplay Long Time slash Long Time, uh, is 22. And Peace of Mind went up to 38. It has reached... Diamond in Canada, gold in the UK, and 17 times platinum in the States. Crazy. Oh, real Fucking quick. Nuts. Yeah. The album, um, Walk On. Yeah. Fred Dup is not on that. Okay. That's so, Fran Cosmo. Oh, okay. Fran Cosmo. I read that name earlier, so. But in 2002, uh... Brad Delp was back on that album, but Frank Cosmo was still there. So they split the songs. Okay. Brad Delp played on four songs and did backing vocals on a Fran song, and Fran got five. So I guess Fran got even more songs, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy shit, eh? Fuck, it is crazy shit. All right. Well. All right. <laughs> well, I mean. Uh, I, I, All right, there, everybody. I, I guess got, we're gonna hit the road. I got scrolling on my phone, and the next thing I know, I'm looking up facts that don't matter, <laughs> and I'm like trying to find something. But hey, we reached fifty-four, fifty-four. Uh, you know, when you have anything else to add to this Monday morning podcast? Yeah. Or why am I saying Monday morning? I'm getting the fucking Bill Burr thing here, because he does the Monday morning podcast. <laughs> Hello, it's Bill Boer, and welcome to the Bill Monday Boer. morning. <laughs> Bill Boer. Welcome to the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. What a fucking name, <laughs> eh? <laughs> we should do that. Welcome to the DB, the, I don't even know what the fuck. Yeah, let's do exactly what you just did. <laughs> let's we'll stumble on out of here. Stumble on out. What we say. Bye. Bye.